0: And we're back on Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. We're going to actually talk about the football game now. And and again, I, I need to emphasize, like I didn't want to spend that whole first segment talking about that play, but it you, we had to. It had to happen because you can't ignore it. And the, I, I assure you the front office won't ignore it, but you also should not take away from the fact that you went out in a game you had to win And in a game that the Falcons should have felt the same way, like we can say, you know, the Panthers didn't get the job done, which they obviously didn't. The Packers won, and that eliminated all playoff hopes for the Saints. But, you know, that's not... You you weren't playing with that in mind. You were playing with the idea that if you won this game, you would give yourself a chance. And the Falcons were doing the same thing. And the Falcons played in such a way that it got their coach fired. Arthur Smith, I don't even know. Like, that's not a long flight back to Atlanta. But I don't know if he had gotten two feet off the plane before he was like accosted with the information that he was going to get fired. Because it came out quick. Um, and I do wonder if the, you know, because I, I have a feeling he would gets fired either way. But I think it's more of a discussion if it's not 48-17. If you didn't lose by 30. And that that leads me into, you know, one of the things that went right was uh, was the Saints listened to my request and and delivered and this is from uh, this is from first take before the game
1: definitely feeling positive about obviously the Saints chances against this Falcon squad I think they can take care of business here I want a Obvi-
0: statement win man I want a statement win I don't want just a win. I don't want to eke this out. I want to beat them by 30. All right, so you're to,
1: looking for a step on their neck, Yes. A twist kind of deal. Yes, it's about time. You know, you're at home.
0: That team should feel miserable about what they've been able to do the last four weeks. They should be a shell of themselves. Go out there <laughs> and, and beat them to a pulp.
1: Do it. The only bad thing is if you do that, there's a good chance Arthur Smith does get canned. And then well, who knows what. I know there's rumors about Bill Belichick. I don't care. Uh, Harbaugh.
0: I don't care. I'm, you, they can bring in whatever coach they want. I'm going to say you had the Saints beat you so bad you had to change coaches. <laughs> you couldn't even save face. That's a, Again, I'm going about this in a positive way. Um,
1: I thought I want to see, man. I want to see it. Breaking we news. Did. Breaking news. Jameis Winston actually got the touchdown for Jeff. How about yeah. that? Yes,
0: yeah. Most of you didn't realize that you thought they were getting in for Jamal, but they heard me in the pregame. They're like, "Oh no, we're only up by 24. We need more." And they did. You know, it it's was funny. Game. we're going to fulfill it. I actually like right before that interception by Tyree, and I had looked over to Tyler, the our the spotter, um, and I was like, "Ah oh, man, I wanted a 30 point when they're only going to get 24. I'll take it though." And then <laughs> it's like almost on cue. They're like, "Ah, oh, no, 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 they're going to get it." right. And then I thought, oh, man, we're not going to get it because they're taking a knee. And then, oh, look at that. They got in. Anyway, um, so, I mean, but, like, 48 points, right? Remember early in the season when we were talking about how long it's been since they scored 20? Right. We couldn't fathom 48 points. Christ. Yeah. And so, you know what, uh, everyone, I, I think it's important. If you're going to be critical of someone and they come out and deliver, you should acknowledge it,
1: right? The and, run and, like, game. I get the run it. run game. Hallelujah.
0: Hey, you know, if someone commented like, well, Jamal Williams hasn't been bad. Look at the offensive line he was running behind. And i respond responded to that with, hey, did you see Kendra Miller running behind the same offensive line? Like, Jamal looks like he's running in slow motion. And I don't know, maybe the hamstring injury just kind of sapped him like he didn't ever really get back to what what he wanted to be. And I think that's possible, right? Hamstring injuries are pain. He, he Maybe he got out of shape and he was never able to really get back to where he, he felt like, you know, he was at the beginning of the season. But... Either way, you know, this offense, what happened, particularly Derek Carr over the last month of the season. And I can't stress enough. This is not like, this is not like a couple games. This is not like, you know, two quarters and then two quarters. This is four games. This is 16 quarters of football. And you're looking at it and saying, holy hell, this is remarkable. So his last four games, 96 of 128, that's a 75% completion percentage. Right. Completed over four games. He completed 75% of his passes, just shy of a thousand yards, 12 touchdowns, one interception. And in three of those games, you won by double digits. The other one was in LA. You know, obviously that was not ideal for anybody, but I do think, you know, the defense was the biggest culprit in terms of, you know, you you just allowed them to go down the field whenever, you know, and and the, the offense didn't do enough to keep up in a shootout, but that had to be a shootout because of the way the defense was playing.
1: Right. It wasn't fair so, to this team at all. We talked about it too, obviously a short week out West. It's just an unfair advantage right off the bat. And this team was struggling with shit as it was, you know, so just adding that to the mix didn't make it any easier.
0: Yeah. And, and I mean, like, I think it's, it's easy to look past it and say, okay, it was the final four games and whatever, Who look at the opponents, but these were decent defense. Like these weren't, defenses that got you know just run over all year you know the Falcons and Bucs have been two of the better defenses in the NFL the Giants have been a, a good defense in terms of forcing turnovers so like they forced like 12 turnovers in like the three games prior to facing the Saints they didn't get one um and so you know you look at it and you say yeah this offensive line was not elite by any stretch but they they got better as the season went on Derek got healthier he started playing better and I think you look at it and say this is the core right this you're not changing quarterbacks the, the receivers you had at the end of the season, I would expect are the receivers you're going into next year with maybe in addition here or there. I don't think you're going to get, bring Mike Thomas back. I don't know how you kind of navigate that, but it's just, I think it's time to to kind of kickstart the next generation. And we've seen over the last month that that can happen. Um, but, you know, we talked about what went right, Derek and this offense kind of finding a rhythm a little bit too late, but it's not, you know, and I asked a couple of people this because I, you know, I've never played in the NFL. I don't know how you carry things over from season to season. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think Peyton Turner talked about this on the defensive side. And I think it's true on the offensive side, too. It's like, you know, you, you, you don't just pick up where you left off every season. You're kind of starting fresh to an extent, but it's not completely fresh. Like you add new some new pieces, you change some things, maybe a new coach here or there. But there is some form, some level of continuity that you bring from one season to the next. The rapport that Derek was able to create as the season went on with Chris olave that's not going away. The comfortability he was able to build with AT Perry, you know, that's only going to keep building, um, you know, understanding how to use Rashid Shahid, hit him over the top. Uh, that's not going away, right? Kendra Miller, a guy who, you know, I think was getting a lot of grief probably unfairly in terms of like, he didn't want to be hurt either, but like I've, what I would say to people is like when you've seen him get opportunities, he's flashed, right? And you saw him have a great game. You know, he got it through that injury to some extent. He was sick all week, but I mean, the burst he showed in the run game feel makes you feel really good about like okay, this core, this young core group of skilled players that includes Jawan Johnson. Like again, another example. Like those are things you can build on. Whether you make changes on the coaching staff or whatever, their chemistry is what I'm the most encouraged about in terms of how you can come back next season and, and maybe not pick up where you left off, but start, you know, I don't think it's like you're, you're starting up here, but wherever you started this year is probably closer to here. You know, you can't really see this, but like, you understand what I'm saying? Like, you're not starting from where you were, you're starting from about halfway up the ladder. And then hopefully it takes you a lot less time to get to the top of the ladder. Right. Um, And so to me, it's like, you're talking about stock up. Uh, My stock is up in the offense significantly from where I was, you know, maybe six weeks ago.
1: There was also, it's like, holy, holy crap. They, they finally, they're using Taysom right again. They used him early. Um, run game receiving was a big contributor and a, a big part of this game, obviously.
0: Yeah. And you didn't have Alvin either. You know, that's why like you right. look at that and you say, you know, who this the, who are the saints stars? Like if you went into the season and said like, name the top three stars on this team, you would have said Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Marshawn Lattimore. Some people might have said Chris Olave, but oh, I so think like just say offense there. Yeah, well, I mean, just in terms of recognition, right? You could, uh, but you didn't have any of those players, and you put on the performance you did.
1: Right? Oh, man,
0: um, exactly. And I think like you're talking about these this old roster. They have one of the oldest rosters. Well, that's kind of the aging core that you're really looking at. Is is Mike Thomas, Marshawn Lattimore, Chris Olave? I'm sorry, not Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara. And and instead, you saw these young players go out and make plays. So you know that's where that's where I look at it, and yeah, I, I, I just think there's a lot to be frustrated about, and you're not in the playoffs, and and I get it,
1: but you know you're talking about what went well. well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you talked about it. Obviously, Derek Carr's performance. Who was the touchdown to that he just dropped it in perfectly? It was like this. It was a beautiful, you know, right in the bucket kind of play. Well, he had a
0: touchdown to. He had two touchdowns to at Perry. And then he had that one to Chris olave which was this insane bobbling. bobbling catch and then he had one to rashid Shahid that he went over the top and Rashid went up and got it um they were all they were all really nice really nice plays by the receivers
1: yeah I just yeah. uh was it was great to obviously go car comfortable uh the offensive line for doing their job and yeah he was just efficient you look at what was it 22 of 28 if I ever remember yeah I think it was 22 of 28. And
0: and I mean like it's and it's not just Carr, it's also like these playmakers that are making plays. Like right. I don't I don't need Carr to be a superstar. I don't need Jim, I don't need Derek Carr to be Pat Mahomes, but I do need him to be able to get the ball to his playmakers. Right? And mm-hmm. and, and like the last 2 weeks I've been impressed with his poise in very compressed si- situations too, right? Uh, the last 2 weeks he's gotten the ball at the 1 yard line and uh, on third down with, you know, in his own end zone, he went over the top to At Perry and Jawan Johnson to get out from the shadow of his own goalposts, and like that's, I think that's a sign of a confident offense, right? Like if you don't trust your line to block, if you don't trust your quarterback to to make the right throw, if you don't trust your receivers to get open, you don't call that play. You run, um, and so so it's not just Derek. It's also Chris Olave. You know he's just kind of edging his way up the superstar ladder. You know I think he's like right on the fringe. Where like people are going to really start talking about him in the top top echelon of receivers pretty soon, um, like Rashid Shahid, elite deep threat, At Perry, elite size, you know, jump ball guy is getting more and more confident. So to me, that's the those those are the stock up players. Uh, yeah, to me too. Point.
1: You could tell Chris was kind of hurting at the end of the year, but he gutted through it with that ankle issue, man. Yeah,
0: I thought, thought he looked better in this game, uh, but yeah, the the definitely, and uh, I've been really impressed with him over the how
1: we how we kind of bounce back after that rough stretch. Um, A couple other guys that are worth mentioning. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no. It's like, it's exactly. It's like, you love to see that when guys don't, you know, cower, they rise to the occasion instead, you know, and fight for it. And definitely Chris is one of those guys. Yeah. You know, another, another couple of guys that are worth just noting. So Tyron Matthew
0: is not just a veteran, a leader, whatever. He, he might be the most durable player in the NFL, right? <laughs> he played all 17 games last season. He was one of uh, just a handful of players to do that. This season, he not only played all 17 games, it, he missed 10 snaps all season. 10. That's less than one a game. <laughs> That's insane. Um, he's 30, what, 32 years old? 33? I mean... You yeah, know, and he's 32. He led the he led, and it's not like he's not like making, getting contact. He led the team in solo tackles last year. So, you know, just the ability to just say, like, you, you know, a consistency availability is so important in just knowing what to expect from a guy. And when you consider like Marcus May has just been the most inconsistent, unavailable guy for whatever reason, whether he's suspended, whether he's hurt. And on the other side, you have Tyron, who is the exact opposite. Uh, and I think he just deserves a lot of credit for that.
1: No, like you said, uh, the, one of the Saints Ironmen there, that he's just of that same ilk of like a Cam Jordan DeMario. They want to be out there. They love to play this game. And just the respect he commands from every single player too because what he's done, everybody knows that he's he's been at the top and still like brings it every single time out there as well. I, I, I love the what you get from him as the player and as a vocal leader as well, obviously. The Saints have a lot of strong voices in that locker room, no matter what people think. I agree. You
0: know, a couple others that are kind of more honorable mentions than anything else. Uh Blake Groupie, you know, he made his final seven field goals of the season. He went 40 for 40 on, on uh, extra point attempts this year, which is, you know, it's funny because one of the biggest gripes I have is he was only 10 of 12 from 20 to 29. It's just funny because... He was 40 of 40 from 33, which is how long the extra points are. So clearly, it's not really, you know, and and you look at that and you say, well, that's frustrating. You can't do that. But I look at it and say, well, clearly something went wrong on those two kicks. Exactly. Amen. Right. You know, and and so you look at, you know, maybe there was something wrong with the operation, whatever, like you don't miss 27 yard kicks because you're bad. You miss those kicks because something went wrong. And so I'm not going to overvalue those misses. And Because when you take them out, you're talking about 6 for 6 from 30 to 39, 8 for 10 from 40 to 49. I'd love for that to be 10 of 10, but, you know, the you obviously had a couple tough misses. Um, and then 6 for 9 from 50 to 59. Like, that's about what you would hope for. That's pretty elite in terms of you're not going to make every 50-plus yard kick, but if you're hitting 70%, you know, that's a it's a pretty good number. Um so 30 for 37 on the year that's 81 percent again you'd love that to be a little higher but as we mentioned the 20 to 29 kicks are kind of an aberration um, and uh, when you look at a rookie kicker and you say this is probably yeah. the point that you'd expect the most inconsistency right the it, it, like I, I look at that and I don't say like well I wish he was better I say he's gonna get better right that's the idea you're a rookie so you would hope that as you go forward you get a little bit more consistent. You eliminate some of the mistakes, and you know if that's your baseline, I'm really happy about it. You know, he set a new rookie record for kicks made in a season, uh, breaking Will Lutz. I think he has 30 total. Yeah, I just said he had 30, 30 or 37. So, you know, I I think he, you know, he and Lou Headley both kind of went through those rough stretches early in their rookie seasons, and I think they both bounced back. And I think you feel, you know, obviously, like I would have been fine if they kept Will. I still would be fine if they kept Will. But I don't think that, you know, there was a lot, a lot of criticism being thrown at Blake Groupie. A lot of people saying, cut him, find anybody else. Robbie
1: Gould sitting on the couch. I'd rather see him in there. I don't know. I think
0: he bounced back pretty well in the
1: end. No, like you said, both undrafted special teamers, man. I I was worried definitely going into the season with that. And, you know, we talked, you talked about groupie. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You talk about groupie too, but like Headley, it really stands out when you're at the game, man, those punts are ugly but they they are effective.
0: Yeah, I you know, I, I think he he got a little better as the season went on too, right? And, right. and that's the thing. You're talking about rookie kickers. You're going to your the idea is they're going to get better. And so yeah, like the, the legs never going to blow you away, but again, I think he had the, you know, third or fourth fewest return yards and you know, the <laughs> other guys that you're comparing him to had kicked like 15 times fewer than he did. So like that's if that's your goal if your goal is to eliminate returns from the game. He did that as well as anybody in the NFL. Now obviously you'd love to be able to flip the field, you'd love to be able to, you know, do a couple other things, but he also, you know, what did he have 32 kicks inside the 20, maybe 31? Right. Like you know, like he had one really nice kick that was, you know, fielded at the 6, and why do you field the kick at the 6? Well, because it's kicked in such a way that the coverage is there. And it's not going to bounce forward because there's just kind of that magician ability to, to, to control where the ball's going to bounce that, you know, we talked to, I can't remember who I talked to, to oh, Peyton Turner. He was talking about how his college kicker uh, was, was Australian. And he was like, yeah, every, <laughs> it seems like every kicker you meet beyond the high school level is Australian because <laughs> it's just that they just do it there. They just do it better. Um, so yeah, the specialists, I think, despite a lot of grief early in the year, Sure. You're going to go into next season. You're going to feel a little better about it.
1: Yeah, that was, like I said, that was definitely one you're like, I don't know. I can't believe you're going to go in with a rookie undrafted punter and a rookie undrafted kicker. What could go wrong? And they didn't, they they weren't an eyesore of the team. They weren't a sore spot. Yeah, you know, Like you said, you you got cost the game maybe uh, in Green Bay, but that wasn't just Groupie's fault either. No, I mean, it, the game should have never come down to that kick. Um, right. But. You know, one
0: thing that interesting from that game that D.A. said today, yeah, I'm just going to mention it because so there was a punt in that game. They punted from I think the 39 yard line rather than go for like a 56 yard, 57 yard kick. And he said today like that decision, and I was I I remember being very critical of that at the time. And he said that the you know the results of that decision uh, stuck with him, and one of the reasons he was so aggressive later in the year, like for example in LA. Um, which right. which you know, people were critical of is that you know he kind of saw how that went and he just felt like that was not the right approach and so they changed his approach and you know I tweeted that some people were like oh we you know we're going to pretend that's a good thing I'm like I, I you know I I can be critical of coaches I can be critical of DA for a lot of things not being too stubborn to change strategies is not something I'm going to be critical of um, I just thought it was interesting because you did see that play out right like you did see yeah. him. Uh, go for it in in situations a lot more frequently and be a little more aggressive in like fourth and two uh or fourth and inches and and you know when it fourth and five even in the rams game uh, and when it doesn't work you know you open yourself up for a lot of criticism when your whole game for example dan Campbell is going for two and you don't get it and you lose because of it everyone's going to be critical of it but you know that's if you have a philosophy and you uh, you believe in it i think you should stick with it I think you should never kick a field goal inside the five yard line. That's one of my philosophies. If you are inside the five yard line, I don't care. I don't think you should ever kick. I think you should always go for it because three points is like giving up four, (laughs) right? (laughs) You in that Sean Payton school philosophy there? Well, I mean, like think about it. Like worst case scenario, you don't get it, and they have to start a drive at their own two, right? Like right. To me, that's a. will take that trade off every time when the alternative is three instead of seven, right? And it's like, I trust my defense.
1: Anyway, so that's... Right, that's,
0: right. But I, I, I thought I, that was interesting.
1: Shout out to DA's first winning season as a head coach. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. everyone hates him. Right. Uh,
0: and I understand why. But yeah, I mean, that's... You know, I, I don't hate him as a person. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, I think that's where I get frustrated is like, God, people are so aggressive. Yeah, and it's like, geez, yeah. he's not like, you know, like like stealing your 401k. He's, you know, he's just coaching a football team here, and we're talking like, you know, he should, you know, jump off a building. It's kind of it's kind of aggressive, uh, but anyway, you football know, football is life, brother. Fo- football is life. Football yeah. is death. <laughs> um, you know, okay, so one more from me. Uh, in terms of the what went right, and I have a couple notes on what didn't go right. Demario Davis. I think we should do an investigation to see if he has Benjamin Button disease. Because I don't know if he's getting better, but he's definitely not getting worse. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, I don't feel like there's a drop off from DeMario at all. Um, you know, at least not in the last several years. Like maybe from like 2017, which was like, you know, peak, like that's that's, you know. Um, but you know, you look at it and you, so I don't know, like the New Orleans that football did a really good feature. Brooke Kirchhofer kind of went behind the scenes with DeMario and talked about his like recovery routine and all the cupping and, and all the crazy stuff he does. And uh, clearly it's working. Right. And, uh, you know, he, he said that his goal was to play for two years after LeBron retires. Whoa. Which, like LeBron's not going to retire anytime soon. So like, Maybe two years, maybe three years from now, LeBron retires. And then De- DeMario intends to play multiple years beyond that. That's his Man. goal. So if, you're, if your thought is like maybe he retires this season. Well, unless something happens, like maybe he has an injury or something that forces him to retire, he's has no plans to retire. And he shouldn't he's still very, very good. There was a play in that game, you know, when the score. But what, th- this game wasn't always a blowout. It was seventeen to seventeen at halftime, and the Falcons got the ball with a chance to go up. Right, right. The first play of the second half, they run a throwback screen. Everyone is fooled except for Demario. And if he if he doesn't make a tackle, if he misses a tackle, that's a 20, 30 yard gain. Maybe maybe Tyler Ail makes somebody miss and right. goes for. However many yards you've already let up two chunk plays in that game, so it's not exactly like you're unsus- insusceptible to that. He tracks it down. He makes the tackle for a loss. Two plays later, Desmond Ritter throws it right into Alanti Taylor's chest, and I think that was the end of the game. I think that that was the moment that the Saints won that game in terms of they the Falcons didn't score in the second half, right? <laughs> you know, um, and so you, you know Demario you, you Davis, took the
1: strength away from them. They couldn't run the ball anymore,
0: right? Demario so- Davis might be eternal. That's or be, or aging backwards. Either I way, Cam was that way. Unfortunately, he's not. All right, Cam dealt with a lot of injuries this year. He did. He played in all seventeen games, which is actually kind of crazy. You know, he was dealing with an ankle, uh, an ankle injury, a high ankle sprain that he compounded with a low ankle sprain, which he said he didn't even realize was possible. He had a he had like a bulging disc in his neck that he dealt with all year. I think he did appear on the injury report with a shoulder issue at one point. But yeah, these guys deal with everything on under the sun, and a lot of times you don't know about it. Um, but DeMario had that knee injury mid season that, you know, was a miracle recovery. <laughs> Doctors gave him 0% chance to play and he did, but yes. So that's my, that's my last thing. Do you have any, any positives you want to point And any other positives before we go to the negatives?
1: Uh, we talked about Kendra Miller, obviously. Right. Uh, and yes. I, I just thought that was, you know, great to see. And it was like, he had his flu game for this team. And I know that dude is not lacking any confidence at all. I love hearing him speak. Yeah. Uh, I mean,
0: like, I've gotten into it with a few people who are just like, Kendra's a bust. Kendra's a bust. I'm like. No, man. He's hurt. You know, I, I, I'd i love to be able to say, like, you know, this isn't going to work out because of this and that. He's hurt. You know, like, and and I think you he showed in that game why, you know, they they liked him. Right, like it's you know you can't project health in that way, Uh, but you know the the running backs on this team have two total plays of thirty plus yards or more, two all season. He's got both of them, right? That run in that game, that toss, that was all him. Like that play was dead, and not only did he make Jesse Bates miss, which is not exactly an easy thing to do in the hole, he then took on like four defenders and scored anyway. You know, I just think, like, you you know, you're you you you're looking for reasons to appreciate the youth on this team, and and I think just the the burst he had in that game where he wasn't 100% anyway. Like, you know, I, I think that going
1: into next season, you feel a lot better about that. I, I got to give a little to Elante Taylor, even though he got benched again. But, man, to have that fortitude about yourself, he he came back and still made a play. He did. He did. I almost think, like, the switch messed with Desmond Ritter.
0: I think, <laughs> it, no, because he was playing inside, and then he got benched. For the second right. time in three games, and then he came back in on the outside. I almost think that that kind of threw off. Like Desmond thought he was going to do one thing, and instead he did something else because he was playing a different position.
1: Mm, position he, Taylor on the outside, mm, yeah, wild. I know. I know. We're
0: gonna, that's I'm going to talk about that. But
1: first, <laughs> one more
0: thing before we before we move yeah. on. You know, it's not really a stock up or anything because I still have all the same concerns I had about him going into the game. But I just you know Peyton Turner, he worked all the way back. He played in this game. He had a couple QB pressures. He jumped on a fumble. He didn't get hurt. Great. <laughs> <Right. laughs> Bravo. The Saints went 2-0 in game Peyton Turner played this year. <laughs> wow. Week one, week 18, baby. I, I talked to him in the locker room today and I was like, it's kind of weird to just bookend a season like that. And they're like, oh yeah, I mean, it's how you draw it up. Uh, you know, and the funny thing is, like, I think like you don't really get exposed to Peyton that much because he's never on the field, but he's a really I, like I, I enjoy talking to him. Like he's a really uh, enjoyable person to be around, <laughs> okay. and so you root for him. Like I root for him, and maybe that's kind of skewed my perception of it a little bit. But I, I'm still rooting for him. You know, oh, I, like her. I, and I think he's talented. <laughs> like I think he's talented. when he can get on the field, he just has not been able to get on the field. And you know, you could say he's a bust. He probably is. Like I think that's what would qualify as a bust when you're a first round pick and you played 14, 15 games in three years. But well, unfortunately, Trevor Penning's coming up his rear for that spot. We'll talk. that's a whole other topic for a whole <laughs> other day. I actually talked to DA, yeah, I talked to a couple people about that today, but that's a I want to get into that in, in a later episode. This is about the things that happened, but yeah, a couple of things that went wrong slot Lante Taylor. Yeah, you got benched for the second time in three games. The experiment is over. Yeah, stop it, stop it. I do not want to hear one more thing about Alante Taylor being a slot cornerback. Stop doing it. Now, one of the reasons, and I've said this, and I'm going to keep saying it, I think you trade Marshawn Lattimore, is because I really like Alante Taylor. I think he is very talented. I think he has a great future. And I also like Paulson Debo. And I think you want to open up a, a lane for Alante Taylor to start. And if you're able to get some assets uh, in the process, in terms of trading Marshawn after June 1st, when he will not count against you, they have put an option bonus on his contract that won't kick in until the week before the regular season, and that is tradable. So that kind of leaves you open, you know. And and if you and if it doesn't work out, and you want to bring him back, or if it does work out, I don't know, and, and you want to bring him back, fine. But I just I do not think Alanti Taylor is a slot cornerback. He's played terribly in the slot. I think you risk ruining his confidence. Now, all that said. I think it's useful for like I think in the long run this season will end up benefiting him because the ability to bump inside and play the slot in a pinch is a, is a very useful skill. I don't want to see him be the starting slot cornerback but like for example next year you have somebody else in there they get hurt in the middle of a game what do you do well you know Alanti can bump in. So like I think in the long run he will look back and say this was a good thing for me. But I don't think he is a slot cornerback. It did not go. I mean, that seventy-one t- yard touchdown to to Bijan Robinson was all Alante. He did not. He, you know he needed to expand and 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 cover the running back on the swing route, and he just he was too slow. He got kind of. I think he maybe got screened off of it. The tight end was coming through on a rub route, and he just kind of died on it. Like he didn't he didn't work around it, and I think he just kind of lost track of Bijan or underestimated how fast he is and you know he tried to undercut the ball but that wasn't the plan that was the last resort he was out of position and he got benched rightfully so you know even that one to scotty miller i think he was involved on that and maybe took a bad angle but you so know Bo like chunk plays huh yes so like my, my stock isn't down on alante taylor specifically my stock is down on slot lante taylor right totally i'm with you for sure they got like, i do
1: not experiment over no more
0: please and if we go into next season, next training camp, and I hear about how he is back in the slot, like as a starter, as the starting slot corner, I will, I, I, I will never stop asking DA about it. <laughs> like I'll be like, hey, why, hey. why do you have him back in that position? Right. It's, it just can't work. It just cannot. It cannot be the plan. Um, you know, we talked about the the Jamal Williams stuff in the first segment. That's on my list in terms okay. of kind of the grip on the locker room and like how right. I start to question that. But So we won't go into it again. Bully ball, right? Uh, Jamal Williams was terrible this year. He was terrible in this game. I don't know what you do next year. I think you probably bring him back, at least for camp. I think he might get cut in camp if he plays like he did this year. Like If he shows like he did this year, I don't think he makes the roster.
1: See, I don't know where it all went wrong because I didn't feel like we ever saw him in camp and went, Oh man, he, he, this guy looks like he might have lost the step. I mean, granted, we haven't seen him playing, but we were—I I remember everyone excited about the running backs going into this season. It just—it didn't pan out. Obviously, injury had a lot to do with it for some guys.
0: It's tough because you don't really see football in training camp, so right. it's tough to gauge athleticism. It's—you um, don't—you don't see full contact in the. I, I, and again, I like I think there's a chance you look back and you say that hamstring injury really affected him, and maybe you get into camp next year and he and he has that burst back and he looks like a different right. guy. But like like if if the player I saw on Sunday is the player that shows up at training camp, uh, he's not making my 53 man roster um, because he as a post June one cut he'll you he won't cost you any money. If you cut him pre June one, it'll cost you about a million dollars. So there's no incentive to cut him early. I, right. I think he's gonna be on the camp roster. But again, like I don't know if he makes it. Um, and so that's been rough. My my other my other stock down, Arthur Smith. I usually save this for the for the Saints coaches and players. I mean, come on, dude. If you're gonna throw a temper tantrum. Get out of here. Get out of here. Grow up. Play defense.
1: Get out of here. Uh, uh, yeah, see, I understand his anger because who the hell does that on victory formation? He's mad because he's gonna get fired, and he's just he's looking for an outlet. But
0: like, get over it. I hear you. Go, go home, Arthur. Don't give me your shit.
1: In the end, though, fuck the Falcons. So, yeah, that's all it comes down to. Yourself so anyway, back
0: to Atlanta, like Jimmy said, in FedEx um, with your FedEx fortune.
1: Like you said, uh, though, what happens all of a sudden? Da's like, well, our new offensive line coach. We're we were very familiar with him.
0: Speaking of coaches, uh, there's a report out from Jeff Duncan that the Saints are considering John Gruden. Um, but Mike Triplett just tweeted that it was more of just a friendly dinner. So who, who the hell knows? I don't know. It, that's another topic for another day. But, you know, I was
1: going to say that makes me think about, wow, the Baltimore Ravens honoring Ray Rice. Thanks.
0: <laughs> All right. Let's let's uh, let's wrap up that thing. We'll come back and do a mailbag. So if you have any comments, questions you haven't gotten in there, please do it. Uh, but there's a lot. So we'll do what we can. Um, But all right, this is Inside Black and Gold. Thanks, everyone, for listening, everyone who's been hanging out, dropped in a comment, dropped in a question. Appreciate it. I'm Jeff Nowak. He is Steve Keller. We will be right back.